Welcome back to the Chippewa Hockey Download, Episode 3. My name is Devin Sarah, broadcaster for Central Michigan Hockey. I'm joined alongside my co-hosts, Joe Grogan, team social media manager for the Division 3 men's team, as well as my broadcast partner, Reagan Cleese. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. How you doing, Devin? Thank you for having us. We're back, boys. Officially, the summer is almost drawing to a close. You know, guys, I was so busy this past weekend. I was in Denver, Colorado for a conference. Honestly, this summer, I've gotten to do a lot more cool traveling than I thought I ever would. How's your guys' summers going? What are you guys up to as far as maybe schoolwork, work itself, or internships? For me, I got the opportunity to do some freelance graphic design for a junior A hockey club up in Mackenzie, British Columbia in Canada. I've worked with them all summer, just prospect signings, events going happening in their community, and potentially game day and final score and other graphics that they need for this upcoming season. So I'm looking forward to that and also looking forward to the 22-23 season with the D3 team. Yeah, and as for me, I've been, basically I've been umpiring all summer, uh, uh, that's my second love other than broadcasting hockey games. But it's it's been a blast all summer and I've had a great time doing it. Done a couple of tournaments here and there and I've also been working behind the scenes stuff for CMUD3 Hockey as always. That's cool, guys. Joe, you've been absolutely killing it, dude, with the graphics. You are part of the social media team for Puck Report NHL, an Instagram account that follows the NHL yep. and makes score highlights, prospect, and draft news, as well as trade news. I saw some of your graphics you made, notably the one for Kale McCarr winning the Conn Smythe. That was sick. That was so cool. I was like blown away. I was like, Joe has made it. <laughs> and that's just for an Instagram account. Like, that was sick. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it was, you know, it was a crazy last couple of months. Um, Puck report. I won't say his name, but he went over to Poland to visit family for about a month or so. So he just came to me. He's like, Hey, could you run my account for like a couple weeks? I'm like, sure. Why not? It's not going to be that bad. I signed up, logged into his Twitter and <laughs> all at once, all the notifications started popping up every couple of seconds. Oh, should I post this? Is this is speculation. Should I post that? I got so nervous. I'm like, dude, all right, I know you're like five hours ahead of me, but could you like take over for a couple hours while I'm at work or, you know, I'm just at home trying to relax. Um, but no, that was especially the Stanley Cup final run. That was <laughs> beyond exciting. Um, he's got a great following on Instagram and Twitter. He's got a great fan base. He's very reliable. He knows his stuff. He's been doing this for years. But for him to come to me for graphics is just it's it's like it's something of, of like an honor, you know. He's a guy who has like got 50k on Instagram, and he goes he goes to other graphic designers as well that use Photoshop, and they're they're really good with their work. But no, running that account and creating graphics and f for it to blow up and for people to see my account and see my work, it was pretty special. Oh, well, we now know who's paying for Joe's <laughs> tuition this season because that sounds like a pretty cool <laughs> resume to give out to somebody. No, that is a cool account. Um, I yeah. follow Instagram. Yeah. A lot. I'm on it honestly way too much. I'm on my phone way too much. Just giving that disclaimer now. <laughs> and the stuff that you guys put out is fantastic and is really cool, especially the reach you get to the NHL. Reagan, you've been an umpire. That's pretty cool. Tell us a little bit about your passion for baseball because that is your number one sport, I'd even say, oh, over no, hockey. No, Dare I no, say that? No, you are completely wrong. It's just, it's just a matter of seasons. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I've been 
Yeah, but you look like a guy. You you remind me of Dan Dickerson. Like you look like a type of guy that would call baseball, <laughs> and that's sweet. Yeah, um, I've played I played baseball from when I was oh I th- I think I was in kindergarten when I started playing t-ball or coach pitch and I've played up until my freshman year of high school where I played little league all that time and broadcasted uh, my high school Catholic Central out of Grand Rapids broadcasted our baseball games for my sophomore and senior year would have done junior but uh, everybody knows what happened in 2020 but I've also I've umpired for the last five years I've done little league I've done some travel games and it's it's so much fun I have a blast umpiring just meeting new people getting to work with experienced umpires, learning from them, getting to teach younger umpires. And it's just, it's, it's such a fun job, uh, despite, you know, all the fans and other annoying people. (laughs) (laughs) I was waiting for you to mention the fans, dude. You told me a story a couple weeks ago when I was staying in Grand Rapids with you for a broadcast Mm -hmm. I was doing. You mentioned you like nearly threw out like an entire group of coaches. Is that right? I honestly don't remember telling you that story you um, told me you were gonna about you were about to throw somebody out because well, they were like probably it, i've gotten close to tossing people before but it it is what it is fans are gonna be fans at some point you just gotta tune it out and do your job <laughs> reagan's definitely called somebody a f***ing no, imbecile no, no, I that's have never sure. called somebody <laughs> anyway uh that's all cool stuff guys i think we're all really taking strides in our careers. I'm doing broadcasting at a racetrack in Grand Rapids. It's the Berlin Raceway. It's a 716th mile oval. And this show, they bring in thousands of fans every single weekend. They bring in, they pack the house. There's like the fastest cars on the planet there all the time. It's a great experience. I'm on a network called Flow Racing, which is essentially a outlet branch network group of Flow Sports, which covers like wrestling, hockey, the ECHL playoffs are covered by them. Shout out the Florida Everblades who won the title there, the Kelly Cup. It's a fantastic time. I really enjoy getting to do it just for the fact you get to meet so many cool people, cool people that drive race cars, that are race fans and have that niche. And I think hockey is the same way as you get to meet people that share the same passion all the time especially at the lower levels of collegiate hockey, like ACHA, there's definitely a lot of passion because that's pretty much what it's about. It's about the passion and love for the sport and the game, and it's an extremely good time. We had an awesome interview last week with the women's team captain, Emily Costelny, and that was a fun episode. I think we're going to have even more guys because this episode, we're going to get to talk about the team that we follow, the Division Three men's hockey team here at Central Michigan University. As we say, mostly our team, we refer to this group. We followed this team for the entire year, guys. And from start to finish, it was a phenomenal time. We talked about it on the first episode, our experiences, getting to travel, meet the team, go to nationals with you two. And we're going to continue that discussion here. And we're going to deep dive into all things Division Three hockey. We're going to recap last season as well as preview our new schedule that was recently just released, Joe. And then we're going to talk about the new and upcoming prospect pool for this year. Also on this episode, we'll be talking to former club president of the team, Charlie Hayes, the defenseman from Ada, Michigan. He'll be joining us to start the show off. With that, we'll transition into our interview with Charlie Hayes. So with that, let's get right into the episode. Hey. 
Welcome back to the Chippewa Hockey Download. I'm Devin Sarah, joined alongside my co-hosts Joe Grogan and Reagan Cleves. We are joined by former club president and assistant captain of the Central Michigan D3 hockey team, Charlie Hayes of Ada, Michigan. Charlie, welcome to the show. Hey guys, how's it going? Thanks for having me. Charlie, this has been something ever since we had the idea of starting this podcast, excited about having you on. You are one of our go-to sources. Actually, you were the go-to source for us for most of the year as we were just getting our feet under us as broadcasters for the team. Really, you were a big help to us throughout the year. A lot of great conversations. Make sure we got everything we need. Not at always on time and on schedule, but we got through it, man. So we're glad to have you on. Let's start about your career. You grew up playing for Lowell Caledonia High School, Charlie. Tell us about your time playing high school hockey and just in general, what it was like growing up in the Grand Rapids area. Yeah, so it's kind of crazy coming into play for Lowell Cal. Never a very good program. Came in with um, myself and then Austin Whaley. Kind of turned the program around a bit. Got our first uh, conference championship and then went back to back to the quarterfinals. Pretty big accomplishment for us. Definitely turned the program around big time. Nothing quite like playing high school hockey, getting to play in front of all your buddies, playing with all your buddies, all that good stuff. Definitely something that I miss every day. Reagan, you're from the Grand Rapids area. You know, growing up in Grand Rapids, playing hockey with your friends, it sounds like a lot of kids, but more notably is Grand Rapids has the Griffins as the Detroit Red Wings AHL affiliate. Is hockey a bigger thing in that city? And if so, growing up, how can you kind of relate to Charlie a bit in that way? Well, yeah, certainly. I I did, I never played high school hockey. I was lucky enough to play hockey uh, in a house league up through my junior year of high school. But it was always it was always great fun going to Griffin's games, and they are kind they they are the biggest sports team in Grand Rapids. And you see that by the way fans show up, by the way by the way fans show up to Griffin's games, by the way that you see Detroit Red Wings gear, you see Griffin's gear all over the city, and it. You also see how much hockey permeates the culture in GR by the fact that you've got five or six ice rinks within a 20-mile radius of GR. You've got Southside Ice Arena in Byron Center. You've got Patterson in Grand Rapids. You've got Griff's Ice House in Grand Rapids. Like There are so many hockey rinks around the Grand Rapids area that just provide so many opportunities for kids to play hockey, and I think that really does influence how many kids get the opportunity. Yeah, Charlie, did you played a lot of ranks like Reagan when you were a kid growing up. You definitely probably had to play on some travel leagues with high school. Uh, did you do anything like that? What was it like traveling to ranks like that? Yeah, so it's pretty cool. Playing travel over here, there's not too many teams. So uh, most weekends you're over on the east side of the state, unfortunately. So we played around basically all the rinks in Michigan. You're always at the ones in Grand Rapids, of course. Patterson is one that I'm sure most kids that grew up playing hockey in Grand Rapids played out of. But there's a lot of great rinks out here. Like I said, most of the time we're playing on the east side still because it's where most of the competition is. Tell us about your introduction to Central Michigan. What was kind of your story behind attending CMU? You mentioned you played with Austin Whaley at Lowell Caledonia, and you really joined a team that had a lot of success from the get-go. Tell us about how you ended up joining CMU and kind of where it led from there. Yeah, so me and Austin kind of just started taking notice of how good the team was doing the year before we came in. And 
we were super interested in uh, trying to play for this team and knew it was a great culture that we wanted to be around. So we came and took a visit to the campus. And first time we got there, kind of just fell in love with it. Everything about the campus, the size of it, how walkable and nice it is. Just everything about it was so appealing to us that we definitely wanted to be there. You come in 2018, 2019. The program goes through some turmoil. Brendan Martin's highlighted that a lot throughout our broadcasts and our story and interviews with him. So you come out of that season, you come back 2018, 2019. That's what I'm saying. That year, it's not so great for you guys, but you keep yourselves afloat as a team. But then you come back in 2020, you guys go on to win a Vesna Cup in dramatic fashion. Tell us what it was like to get that first Vesna Cup. Uh, I mean, that was like no other feeling starting off with our like that freshman year having a new coach and then sophomore year having another new coach come in there's just so many changes and then to be able to overcome that and go to holland and beat hope at their own barn for the vesna was it was definitely an incredible thing that the group could come together and do all that but yeah i mean we we overcame so much that year and we're able to push through no matter what our ranking was, getting sent to the regional tournament and beat the top eight teams in the nation to win the Vesna and the regional is something I'll never forget and it's definitely always cherish. That's all good stuff. And I'm sure as a hockey player, you always kind of cherish those small. In our minds, this level is, well, we won a Vesna Cup, but you know, when you have a chemistry as like your team did that year, and I think with guys that like Jacob Lansuki, Dalton Sutherland, Brendan Martin as your leaders, you can't go wrong. It must be so cool to play around such just cool guys, guys that make you feel very important, give you that role, give you that importance. But also you go after a weekend of skating and you go out in the town with them. You guys hang out at the hockey house. Tell us about your favorite memory with CMU hockey. And if you've got a great uh, story, tell us about that. Your favorite memory at CMU as a player, anything else you remember? Yeah, I think my favorite uh, my favorite memory, there's two of them, pretty much the same thing I was just talking about. Just winning that Vesna was unreal and then coming into regionals the weekends after that thinking that like it's it's all we have to put it all out there and we did and have brendan nelson come in and score that goal in overtime to send us to nationals was probably my favorite memory um, that i've had on the ice of this team a vesna cup is a cool thing and I'm pretty sure, even though some might say it, we're biased. That 2020 year, you guys would have had a great chance to go to nationals and not only do well in the tournament, but I would beg, have a chance at the national championship. Unfortunate COVID happened, but it's been well documented. It's kind of a, a broken faucet at this point. You know, everyone beats at it. It's something that no one wanted to happen, but it unfortunately did. And everybody pushed through it. So that's awesome to hear about your experiences and growing up with Austin Whaley. That's a real cool thing as well. So with that, what are you doing in school? So tell us like what year you were, what are you studying right now and, and where are you kind of headed? You're coming into senior year. Tell us about kind of what year you're in, what you study and uh, what you're trying to do with career. Yeah, so I'm going into my fifth year, taking a little victory lap here. I'm going to school for entrepreneurship and professional sales. Still kind of just figuring out exactly what I want to do. Definitely kind of leaning more towards the marketing side of things. I'd like doing all that stuff, but we'll kind of see where, where it takes me once I get out of school. Yeah, uh, Charlie, growing up, did you have any, what, what was your biggest influence in getting into the game of hockey? 
that's kind of funny. I was, I have an older cousin that got into it when I was, was really, really little. And I always was following him around, wanting to do whatever he did. And that's pretty much the reason I got into the game. Parents got me a pair of skates when I was, I don't know, two, three years old. And I would wear them around the house every day and just walk around. So it's kind of been the thing that I've loved since day one. Definitely glad that my cousin got me into it because uh, it's been in my life very long time. That's awesome to hear about, Charlie. You're definitely one of the maiden leaders of this team. So you were last year's team president, basically the manager of operations, and you served as assistant captain. Tell us kind of how did you get into that role as a team president? Why did you want to do that? And also what kind of was your day-to-day operations like as the team president? So actually my, what about sophomore year, the end of the season, Dalton was the president before me and he came up and asked, asked me if I wanted to take over for him, kind of just pushing me into doing it to get the experience and just kind of excel as a leader in that point. So I, I just agreed to it without knowing exactly what was to come. It was really unfortunate going into it because my junior year, obviously, we couldn't play until March or whatever it was. So that whole first year that I was president was just hounding the school to let us play, figuring out how we could play. Finally got to an agreement where we could test twice a week, wear masks all the time, and they would closely monitor everything we do. But we were fortunate to be able to play that season. And I've got to shout out Brendan Martin and Austin Whaley for that one. They were along my side that entire process to be able to get us back on the ice and go to that national tournament in Grand Rapids. Last year was a lot more normal being the president because it was just running the operations. Day to day, it kind of just, it, it depends on the day, really. It's scheduling buses, getting ice, scheduling games, getting the jerseys, Everything you could imagine would happen to keep a night or a hockey team going. That's that's what you got to do. I mean, it sucks at times, but it makes it all worth it for when your season goes like it did last year. Be able to go to nationals and just have a blast with all the guys. Definitely makes it all worth it. Charlie, just kind of jumping jumping ahead a little bit into next season. You guys lost a lot of key veteran pieces on the team. Some of the new guys left too. How critical is it going to be for some of the veteran guys in the locker room and even some of the second year and third year players to step up and fill in that veteran role heading into this year? Yeah, it's going to be extremely important. I, myself and Benny, we were the only two that have been on the team for an extended period, like since 2018, 2019. Austin Whaley's around as well, just not on the ice. But it's just important that all these guys that have kind of had to take a seat back because of the older guys that have been on the team for so long it's important that they step up now and act as a leader and follow through with what they say that other people need to do people like miss martin he's going to be a guy that everyone's looking to especially as the new president i expect big things out of him this year and a couple other guys but it's cool that you mentioned christopher martin the new team president, younger brother of former captain Brendan Martin. Chris is a guy that I really like. He's a very cool guy to talk to. I got a chance to catch up with him late in the year, just before we all left for home. And he talked about the future of the team and how excited he was to bring in some new players. Charlie, you talked about the old guard of this team. We highlighted it a lot throughout the year. We had, oh boy, this is a lot. 10 
seniors graduate from this squad, technically nine because Kyle Chapman still has a chance to come back, but 10 seniors overall, Thomas Rofe, Colin Smith, Austin Whaley, Jacobson Andre, Alex Lasky, Brennan Martin, Joey Simoncelli, Jordan Cooper, and Justin McComas. That is like, if that's not the core of Central Michigan hockey, then I don't know what it is. That is the team. And that must have been just an experience to learn from guys like that. I mean, who besides Brennan Martin is your biggest influence on that squad? Because the chemistry this group had, in my mind, was some of the most fun I've seen. Oh, you know, it's kind of tough to say. I would probably have to say Alex Lasky just because I'm a defenseman. I've been around him a lot. kid that I grew really close with through our four years at Central together. And he definitely showed me the ropes a lot. It's a kid I look up to. And it's going to be tough without those guys, definitely. But we have a lot of young guys that stepped up. You look at Isaac and Owen Campbell, guys that led our team in points last year. We have a bright future. It does. It hurts that we lost those old guys, but we have a lot of really good young talent. Yeah, and we're going to catch up with that young talent in a little bit because there is a lot of awesome prospects to talk about for this squad. So with that, let's transition into our conversation about the season. We talked about Charlie opening month in October, playing Davenport, playing Photograph Coast, how you guys started 3-0, and then you hit some adversity with Saginaw Valley State, but showed how mentally tough this team was in games and how you came back to tie them. We go into the month of November. You guys route Michigan Flint in both those games, 12-3, to 7-0. Then you go on the road to play Calvin in a 3-3 tie and the next day you come back in a three to one victory so you guys are in the series with calvin mention to us your thought of the team at this point kind of where did you look at the team as far as your how the group was connecting chemistry wise where you guys were sort of defensively because i think that's where we really saw the identity of this team early on was the defensive prowess when you guys would keep opponents like Fortigolf coast to one goal and saginaw valley state even to only one which was known for their offense a bit you know tell us a little bit about the strengths of your team uh yeah i mean obviously probably our biggest strength that everyone knows is our goalie Probably, in my opinion, the best goalie in the nation last year and the few years before then. So that was huge for us to know that we had someone back there that was going to come in clutch when we needed them, especially in those games that we tied when we go to overtime. You know, it's you, you didn't have to really worry uh, about getting scored on. So I don't know, we had strengths all over the place, but I would definitely say our biggest was, was our goaltending. Yeah, and you mentioned goaltending, and Devin, you and I talked about it the entire year. Thomas Rofe was one of the best netminders in the nation. He had, he was top three in just about every category you could be as a netminder. He was second in wins with 11, tied for first in goals against average, and third in save percentage across the entire nation. Thomas Rofe certainly was the backbone of this team just with his stellar play, and that carried throughout the year, even in the nationals. At this point, CMU's ranked within the top six in the nation. And circling back to that November series against Calvin, you know, CMU went into that series, I believe, ranked number three. And they go into Calvin, they tie them on the road. That and Saginaw Valley were kind of the wake-up calls almost. Then, as we transition throughout the year still, November, a great performance against Michigan State University. It doesn't matter what year it is, what the ranking system looks like. A win against Michigan State is a win because that is one of the teams in Michigan that we always want to compete hard against. Charlie, some of your favorite things from this series? Uh, probably just watching Joey Simoncelli absolutely go off. He was on a tear 
when we played down there and up here. You can't say enough good stuff about that kid, but that weekend was probably one of the best I've ever seen him play. The buzzing three. (laughs) Joe, that was the weekend that you posted on the Instagram page. I remember it, November 21st, 2021. The buzzing three line of Isaac Gibbs, the freshman from Novi, two goals and one assist in that series. Joey Simoncelli had three goals, two assists, and Jacob St. Andre on the other wing, two goals and four assists. And what you just mentioned, Charlie, Simoncelli, this was the point where I looked at Simoncelli and I went, oh my God, this guy is sick. <laughs> like when he wants to be sick, he can be. And this was the series he proved it. Uh, yeah, Devin, uh, it was a it was a really fun series, not only to call with you, but also with Michael France, who came in a couple of games this year, did some really good color commentary. Hopefully we can get him back working with us this year at some point. But watching Simon Selly tear up Michigan State in at Suburban Ice East Lansing and getting that hat trick in just under two periods, I believe. He played phenomenally in that series, and it was just an electric atmosphere just to watch the bench just explode, not only because we had scored, but for their teammate in support. It was just, it was a phenomenal series <laughs> to watch and started uh, a point where we started giving up the first goal of about every single game we played, but it was another, it was a good show of resilience because at least in both those two games, we bounced back and were able to pretty handily beat Michigan state. Five on the board in both games. The month of November was honestly an interesting one. And this was basically what we talked about this year, where some of the holes in CMU's play started to show. Obviously, Charlie, you mentioned Thomas Rose's play being so good, being top three in the nation as one of the best goaltenders in Division Three. We go into the month of December. You only played two games in this month, mostly due to holiday breaks. It was a home and home series against Adrian College. Now, December 9th, we go on the road to Adrian, the Arrington Ice Arena, one of the most awesome arenas in Michigan, mainly because of that upper-level bar that hangs over the players' benches. That place is phenomenal. has some of the best wings of any hockey rink I've seen. A great place to watch a game, but it was a great game. A 4-1 to route. Charlie, you actually scored in this game, and it was a really funny goal. It kind of just trickled in from the, the left blue line. You kind of just threw it as a saucer prayer. <laughs> um, tell us about that and sort of this game in the series. Oh, yeah. I mean, always tough to go into Adrian because you've got the, the bar above your bench, and you're just getting ripped into the whole time. Actually makes it a little more fun, but... When, when, when you go down or you're struggling, it, it gets to you, definitely. That goal was probably the weirdest goal I've ever scored. I I get I, I hear from the guys on that one all the time. So it was kind of weird because it was going straight at Simo's head really slow, and then I just lost it, and then it went in the net. I, that was the last thing I remembered, but always good to beat them. Not a fan of that team. Yeah, and coming out of the break into the second half of this of the season last year, you started out in Florida Gulf Coast, you faltered tying them, and then that, that kind of set the tone for a disappointing second half, really. It was a, you got some good wins out of it, but in that last half of the season had four or five games that really could have gone either way, and 
frankly should have gone CMU's way. We talk about that game against Trine, uh, where you guys were up 3-1 with five minutes left in the third. Trine comes back and ties it. You talk about that game against Oakland after routing them 9-4 in their own building. They come back, play a scrappy game, and tie. Just these series of frustrating games, what's it like to be able to play through that with, with your team, and how do you keep your head up, Charlie? Uh, you know, it was tough, especially, uh, you, you, like you said, being up 3-1 with five minutes left and then end up tying. That one was hard for us, but then we get that big win against Oakland and then, like, tie again. That was, it sucked. And then the next weekend, you come in and play Michigan and go into overtime again, but then Marty buries in overtime. That really, that goal right there really motivated the team and pushed us. Um, I think from that point on, after that Michigan game was that was a turning point for our team. We really grew closer to each other and kind of focused in on what we needed to do to get to the national tournament. Um, one point I want to make about this stand of games with Florida Gulf Coast trying Oakland and Michigan is you mentioned that just staying resilient was a big thing. And then we go into after a great series against Oakland University, although we had a tie with them in the second game, you go on to play Michigan and in Canton Ice Arena, a 4-3 victory with Brennan Martin in overtime. Reagan, you had the loudest call of anything this season. <laughs> it was phenomenal. You go on the road, get that victory. You come back on home ice, and this was a heartbreaking loss. The opposite score, not in your favor. 4-3 to three loss to Michigan. This was an important game because the storyline going in was that you had, to, you had to basically run the table to be first in the MCHC East. You don't get it done against Michigan in the second game. But then you go back to Lawrence Tech, a 4-4 tie at home, and then a 5-1 loss to close out the regular season. I wanted to ask you just one more time about this second half. You know, what was sort of the factor that was causing this team to kind of slip? Was it team chemistry? Was it just bounces not going your way? There were some tough games in the stretch. Um, in my opinion, it was just us kind of just getting complacent. We come out first ranking, rank number third, don't fall far behind that the rest of the season. And so we just, we thought we were all set and that we didn't have to try, but we saw what happened. And that's, that's I think that's where things went wrong. So I think we, if we would have just stayed up, um, and motivated things would have went very differently but they didn't and that's all right yeah and it was all right though because you guys would head into the mchc tournament without a lot of momentum it probably was a needed thing because you guys go into the tournament a week later you play adrian in the first round of the mchc playoffs a six to two victory charlie you also had a goal in this game an assist or two that first game in the playoffs was awesome then we play Lawrence Tech the next night. Double overtime victory against the Blue Devils. A Probably the best win of the season just because they blew you guys out at their home. And then you guys have this really tough game all the way. What was it like playing in that double overtime game? Because we were just talking about how gassed everybody on the ice was and just how quick the changes had to be. Yeah, I mean, that one was pretty insane because, you know, you play LTU, they're fast, they're small, they're fast, they're, they, they're gritty. So they, you get tired. You get tired pretty quick. But we just had to keep pushing because the, those that weekend of MCHC still counted towards our rankings. And so we knew we had to win both. Uh, unfortunately, an overtime win didn't count towards rankings. We didn't know that at the time. So it didn't really matter to us. All we knew is we wanted to go in and beat those teams and get redemption against LTU. That goal from St. Andre was huge for us, especially coming in to play Hope. The game didn't go our way, but it, it definitely motivated us and helped us out big time. Electric factory for sure. 
and <laughs> transitioning. Uh, yeah, we're gonna skip over this next game because, uh, ooh, it did not go the way any of us wanted or expected. Six nothing loss to Hope College, the reigning national champions, and they went on to win another one this season. Tough game to end this postseason, but it wasn't the end of the postseason because y'all would go on to the national tournament in St. Louis. Reagan and Joe, you guys were present for this. I wasn't, but I watched it all the way through on hockey TV. Tell us about your experience at nationals. You know, Reagan and Joe talked about it, how fun it was meeting different teams, the different media personnel, the hockey house guys are good friends over at the hockey house pod. Tell us what it was like to play throughout this tournament because you guys played in some greedy games. Oh, I mean, that was like no other hockey I've experienced. You know, I made it my sophomore year and it gets canceled with COVID and then we're just playing in Grand Rapids my junior year. So being able to go down to St. Louis and play around all the other three or all the other two divisions, um, uh, get to practice outside and just play at such an awesome rink, watch awesome hockey and play awesome hockey was definitely, it was, it was pretty awesome. It was cool being able to play against teams that you otherwise wouldn't get to play against like Coast Guard never dreamed I would play that team so uh, it's cool to get to go and play those guys and watch teams that you normally wouldn't it's different though it's a lot of hockey really fast and it's all or nothing you can't lose a game like you guys saw or or you won't advance and that definitely adds to the excitement of everything everyone knows what's on the table and everyone wants to win the championship Reagan, Joe, you got any questions about that, specifically the Hope College game? You guys saw this live in person. This was heartbreaking loss. Any comments on kind of the, the play of this game? Because I thought I was so impressed by what was, for a lot of players, their final games, the resilience, the, the fight to the end, the overtime, one of the best games of the year, hands down, regardless of division in ACHA. Yeah, and you talk about... Uh playing Hope so well in that second game. I hate to bring it up, but the first time you guys played Hope in, in that uh, Vezina Cup semifinal, you guys lost 6 nothing. It was a tough loss. How did you rebound so quickly to be able to play them so well in just under three weeks? Um, you know, we knew they were good going into that first game. Like, we knew they were really good, and I think we kind of came in nervous. That's where we fell apart. Every single mistake we made, they capitalized on. And, you know, that game looks very bad, but three of the goals came in five minutes. You start, you cut out that five minutes, and it's just a 2 nothing game. But to come back, we, we all knew that they were good, but they weren't that good. They were beatable. Grand Valley beat them, and we didn't think they were all that after seeing that, and we knew that we could take it to them as well. So This is probably the best game you've all have played this year. 110% every second, you from top to bottom, every single line produced, whether it would be defensively poking the st- uh, poking the puck away. What was the you know, energy like in, in between intermissions for the first, second, and third period? What was that atmosphere like? It was insane. Um, that's like the only way I can describe it. It was, you, you, you were, you, you could tell the tension in the air in the locker room. Everyone was nervous and excited at the same time. You know, us and Hope, we, we've gone back and forth for six years now. And we, you, you obviously, we want to beat them. To have to go in and lose to them sucked, but the energy was unbelievable. To watch how our team came together, like knowing what was on the line and all wanting to beat Hope. Even the guys that haven't played him before knew nothing about him. Everyone was on the same page that game, and everyone gave their all, which was really cool. 
it did seem like, based on the film that I watched of Hope before the national tournament, that in a lot of games, they would get up big on opponents early. They would dominate the game in the first period. Their forwards would be buzzing. The goaltending would be phenomenal. And then there's a point in these games where the scoring falls off. A lot of these games, they only score one or two more goals, maybe in the second or third period, when they could score 10 if they wanted to, probably. It seemed like that when you guys played them. They had that fast start again. They were kind of on it, but then you guys wouldn't back down. You guys didn't get complacent. You didn't let the game get in your head or the score or whatever. You guys just played your style of hockey and stayed with it. And I think that was the important thing from what I saw. And I even remember conversations of with, with players saying, yeah, we can play them if we stay in it for three periods. And that's what you guys did in that game. I want to give you the time, you know, honestly, a fantastic game, not the way you guys wanted to end it, but I like Joe am just so proud of the competitiveness and the stamina you guys showed in this one to stay with it, to not get frustrated in most places and just put your head down and work. And I think that's how most hockey players operate or any athlete, really. You can be nervous and excited at the same time before the game or in the locker room intermissions. When you step out on the ice, all of it's got to get out there. All of it's got to be put out there. It's And it's those little details like winning puck battles in the boards, getting up ice, joining the rush, et cetera, like that, making yourself in it. And you guys showed that in that final game. The Ring of Fire, Charlie, where we ask you a series of rapid-fire questions that you have to answer in under one minute. You only get one minute to answer this. It will be timed, so uh, choose your answers wisely throughout this. First up, we're starting off with a hot one. Best chirp you've ever received or given out on the ice? Oh, I don't think it's me. Um, I, I think it was actually when we were playing Dallas Baptist. Oh, yeah. He said to a kid, I heard there's only steers and down there, and I don't see any steers out here. So that, yeah, that was probably the best one I've ever heard. I can't really remember what kids say to me, though. Well, he certainly does know how to hand him out. You got to watch out for especially during Hope. He was injured, but he did not stop. He, it was awesome. It was beautiful. It was like watching like some opera show. It was just it was amazing. That was a pretty good... Good one. Um, Reagan, Joe, any rapid-fire questions? You didn't write one down? Jesus, man, I'm trying to give you guys time on this. You didn't write a question down? Damn. You're, you're the suck. one that made up this second. Okay, but, like, you're supposed to be part... All right, whatever. <laughs> Next question. Favorite pregame meal or snack slashed favorite or worst postgame snack? Oh, the worst. And it sucks because we. It, this is why it's the worst. We have it on every single bus ride. Just Little Caesars pizza. Like, oh, it's horrible. Okay, I got one. You, what is your go-to song on the road on the bus? Oh, man, that's a tough one. This one's a shout-out to Chris Martin. Always went nuts. Oh, man, what is it? I'm burning up my minute here. And I wish, wishing well. That one's for Chris. Always oh, got the bus electric. Juice World, baby. He gets the people going. Oh, y'all. God. Evan, do not put yeah, that in. Yeah, Wish It Was a Good Song for sure. I've got one here. Hockey players are known to be slightly superstitious. Uh, do you have any pregame superstitions or postgame superstitions that you try to keep? Um, 
No, not really, to be honest. we I think the only thing that we did every single game, um, just our D meetings. And it's not like they were even for anything special. It was just so we could all get together, and it was just tradition. Um, that was great. Good job. Now let's cover, in the next part of this, upcoming news with the team. And, boy, there is a lot of stuff to cover that probably we don't have enough time for on this show. But the prospects officially announced. There are new players coming to the Central Michigan Division Three hockey team. A cast of commits in Order of commitments, Brandon Clements, a defenseman from Clarkston High School, Braden Keel, a defenseman from Divine Child High School, Tyler Martin, the forward transfer from Oakland University's ACHA Division I team from White Lake, Michigan, actually just up the road from M59 here on me in the east side of Michigan, a very good player from their squad. Connor Morgan, the forward from Orchard Lake St. Mary's High School. Sam Camara, a defenseman from Orchard Lake St. Mary's, a native of Waterford, Michigan, also another local town to me. Brandon Marshall, the center transfer from Saginaw Valley State coming over. So already two players from other ACHA squads coming over to play for the Chippewas next season. Another important signing of goaltender Elijah Jones from Port Huron United, Port Huron, Michigan. Going to probably be right alongside Jonesy, the um, other goaltender for the Chippewas. Um, So there's going to be two Jonesies now here with uh, Lauren Jones and Elijah Jones. So that's going to be a tongue twister for us, Reagan. Uh, Let's make sure our scorecards don't get uh, messed up with that. You're the only one that's going to get messed up with that. Ah, bullshit. You mess it up throughout the year, man. (laughs) (laughs) You're cap, bro. You're not perfect. You're cap. All right. Um, no, I'm not saying I'm perfect. No, I know, but I'm giving, I'm giving you shit, bro. Relax. <laughs> All right. Just likewise. And then finally, the most recent commit. Actually, as of the time of this recording, Nathan Bottles, the forward from Arcadia University, a native of Williamston, Michigan, an NCAA Division Three player coming to play in ACHA Division Three. Holy moly, Charlie. First of all, you guys are having an overhaul of prospects this year, as expected with the nine or 10 seniors leaving last year. Tell us about, in a short introduction, where you guys are going with this team and your prospect pool. You've already added a number of defensemen. The blue line was beat up last season. Kyle Chapman went down with an injury. Austin Whaley went down with an injury. You guys had Jacob St. Andre at the blue line at one point. Tell us where the focus was and still is in this prospect pool. Yeah, definitely just fill in the fill in the spots that we lost. It was huge getting a couple guys that have already played college hockey. Not too happy with Brandon Marshall because he was the one that scored in the 1-0 loss to Saginaw. But he's happy he's with us now. We're really excited to have all these guys. They're 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 very talented young guys and. We expect big things out of each and every single one of them. So uh, we actually have one more that will be announced here shortly, but I'm going to leave that up to Joe. Sorry if I butcher it, but a forward out of Northville, Michigan. He last played for the Northville High, Northville High School, uh, Andrew Cesarki. Yeah, so another commit as announced there by Joe. At the time of this recording, this will be announced. Nine commitments to Central Michigan hockey team. That is huge. And a lot of other teams have already notified social media of their commits as well. You mentioned filling in a lot of those gaps in this team, Charlie. Talk to us about sort of the dynamic of where you felt this team was last year and and where the identity is going with this team. Because in my mind, you guys really played your strengths on your goaltending, first of all, giving you guys 
guys that confidence to to allow some in your own zone, relying on your top scorers when you needed it most, and being a physical, demanding team that will kick your butt and wear you down in the game. Where is the focus of this team going, and where do you see this team looking like come about two months' time when we start the season? I think the the focus is always going to remain the same on making it to the national tr- tournament and getting that first uh, championship under our belt. We always want to win the Vesna. About the hardest conference there is in the ACHA, um, definitely in the ACHA D3. I think these young guys are going to easily be able to step in and, and make an impact right away to help with that culture. But it's going to be nice being able to shift out of, you know, focusing on the past, especially with all these new guys coming in. We'll be able to just focus on the future of the program. Instead of looking back and seeing what we have done, we're going to be able to look at um, what we're going to be able to accomplish. And that's that's a great thing going into the season. I love that mindset, going back to work. Reagan, your impressions of the moves that CMU's made. They've really stacked themselves, and they needed to at all positions. They're getting stronger on all fronts. Where do you see this team going and your impressions? Yeah, certainly. The Chippewas certainly over the offseason have bolstered not only their defensive core, but they've also polished up their forwards. They've added a couple of another goaltender to the depth chart. So it'll be really interesting to see how well this team can play defensively. We played well last year defensively, but it was mainly out of necessity because we didn't have a ton of true defenders. We had to convert a lot of guys. So getting defensemen bolstering that defensive core is going to be really important for this team's success. And I like to see where that goes this year. One player I want to focus on in particular, he is, you guys mentioned a transfer, one of them. From Oakland University, the forward, Tyler Martin, played at Oakland University ACHA Division One. Where was kind of the pull to commit a guy like that who's played at the top level of ACHA Division One? decides, I'm going to up and leave and go 80 miles west to the middle of Michigan and come play for Central Michigan. Where was the pull for Tyler Martin and how did those conversations kind of start? Before his commitment, I hadn't really talked to him a lot. Coach had talked to him quite a bit along with um, Brennan Martin, but he's a great kid, great hockey player. Um, He played for Oakland. He also played for Louisville, I believe. Uh, So this will be his third ACHA team. I know he's in the Army as well, so he's got that. Him and Benny got that in common. I think he's going to fit in great with the team and really contribute to some success. And not just that, he also played at Utica. He also played at Lakeland High School, right down the road from me, Charlie, four miles. This is my rival high school. I played to Wald Lake Northern. In three years, he had 36 goals, 35 assists, 70 points, averaged a point per game. Where is your kind of expectation for Tyler Martin, and, and what do you think his role is going to be with this team? Yeah, I just I think he's going to be able to come in and just grind, be that guy that, that works his ass off and uh, plays his role and just keeps the team motivated, keeps us on track throughout the year. It's one of those guys that you have to have on a team, and I think he'll definitely be one of those guys. Where you're talking about, you know, Charlie, you want guys like Tyler Martin that are going to work their butt off, are going to come into this program. The name of the game in this conference, I, I believe, being one of the tougher ones, you can't come in here just as a talented guy and expect to be good. You have to be willing to work for it. I said this to Emily last week. The teams that I noticed that do the best, although they may have the talented forwards that can score, they have the depth, they have a little bit of everything you need in a normal hockey team. The most important thing is you still have to go to work. You still have to be able to win those uh, dirty battles, see the ice very well, and, and have the vision to capitalize on many mistakes that we see and work hard. Check, guys. Do the little things right. 
Is that where you think the important thing is going to be with this year is having these guys come in and understand that this is not just any other team. You have to work for what you want in this conference and in this league. And is that kind of going to be where you send the message? Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Especially with like our traditional team dynamic, We'd, we've never gotten anything handed to us. So always had to work for it. And I think we're just going to have to, especially now, we're going to have to continue doing that with a younger team. So I, we need to get all these younger guys to understand that this the national tournament, it's not something that's given to you. You, you have to make it. You have to be a top 16 team in the nation to make it. And uh, we really want to push that point across early on. Absolutely. Charlie, it was great catching up with you. Three minutes or less, let's look at the upcoming schedule. The schedule will be, at the time of this recording, released on cmitchicehockey.com if you want to go look at it. It also will be released on all social media platforms. One of these notable matchups, Reagan, you are very excited for this one. We are going to play on the road, back-to-back nights, the University of Notre Dame. And these guys are no slouch. They were a decent Division Three team. They are good at other levels as well, Division Two. Man, how excited are you guys to go play Notre Dame? I'm really excited, Devin. It's going to be a ton of fun. <laughs> like, I, I'm I'm really just looking forward to playing a good team. It'll be really fun to watch Notre Dame. They made it to the national tournament last year. And it'll also be, you know, pretty cool to play in that arena. So, Charlie, confirm to us. Are we playing in the NCAA rink? I can't confirm that. I don't know. I hope so. But I don't know. Dang. Well, that's disappointing. <laughs> now you're going to blue ball us like that. Yeah, I would, I would, I yeah, would assume I, so. I would assume, but I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure because I think they play every every game. There. Yeah, because most a lot of those rinks, you know, they'll have their they've got their big stadium and they'll have a practice rink inside it as well. Um, and sometimes like when we went down and played Miami, you play on the practice rink. But uh, we'll see. I think it'll depend on whether their D1 team is playing or not. I'm sure you're excited to play that team, a squad that went to the national tournament last year. Going to be interesting to watch. Um, We're not going to touch on it too much here, but Northwood University's program was recently reinstated. They had a year off due to problems recruiting players to the team and took the last season off. They will be back in the MCHC. They will play on this side of the conference in the MCHC East. So Lawrence Tech back on the schedule, Cleary University, as well as Lake Superior State. So choose one of those series. Which one of those are you looking forward to the most and elaborate for us? Probably pretty excited to play Cleary, just being a new program. Um, See what they're all about. Not sure what to expect, really. Just uh, no one's played them. We don't know what it's going to be like. So it'll be interesting. Yeah, interesting for sure. And we'll have it all for you here on the CMU Club Hockey Network. I'm sure we'll be talking about it on here as well. That game will be October 7th and October 8th. October 7th, where the Chippewas will be at home. And October 8th, Cleary University will be at home. So home and home series for that. Pretty exciting. I haven't seen Cleary play myself either. And I think a school that's pretty close down the road, they're just a drive up 96 West. It's going to be a, a fun series to watch. That's for sure. With that, guys, we'd like to wrap up this episode. Thanks so much for coming on the show, Charlie. Great talking with you. A leader on and off the ice. Someone that's helped us out tremendously in our broadcasting as well and presentation of the team. Any final statements from you guys? Oh, well, just thank you guys for having me on. Uh, I look forward to listening to it and the rest of the shows you guys got this this season. Yeah, thanks again, Charlie. It was good It was good having you on and looking forward to a good season. Yeah, thank you, Charlie. Thank you for coming on, elaborating on your time here at Central Michigan and talking about the prospects coming up. Can't wait. Absolutely. 
That was Charlie Hayes, the fifth-year player from Ada, Michigan, going to lead the charge for the Chippewas once again in the 2022-2023 campaign. That concludes it for this episode of the Chippewa Hockey Download, a sit-down with Charlie Hayes. Once again, if you'd like to follow us on social media, you can find our accounts at CMUD3 on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can also check out our YouTube channel, the CMU Club Hockey Network, abbreviated CCHN. Just go to your YouTube bar and search that in the Google tab. We will have more coverage, expanded coverage coming for not just the Division Three men's team, but also the Division Team 2 women's team, which we'll be talking to players from both those squads throughout the year. Thank you all for listening to this rendition of the Chippewa Hockey Download. For Devin Sarah, Reagan Cleese, Joe Lazier, and Charlie Hayes, we say so long. Have a great night. Hey. Hey.